Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, the second chapter. Hear these words. When eight days had passed, Jesus' parents circumcised him and gave him the name Jesus. This was the name given to him by the angel before he was conceived. When the time came for their ritual cleansing, in accordance with the law from Moses, They brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. It's written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord. They offered a sacrifice in keeping with what's stated in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. A man named Simeon was in Jerusalem. He was righteous and devout. He eagerly anticipated the restoration of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. The Holy Spirit revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Led by the Spirit, he went into the temple area. Meanwhile, Jesus' parents brought the child to the temple so that they could do what was customary under the law. Simeon took Jesus into his arms and praised God. He said, Now, Master, let your servant go in peace according to your word, because my eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared this salvation in the presence of all peoples. It's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for your people Israel. His father and mother were amazed by what was said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This boy is a sign to be the cause of the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that generates opposition, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your innermost being too. There was also a prophet. Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, who belonged to the tribe of Asher. She was very old. After she married, she lived with her husband for seven years. She was now an 84-year-old widow. She never left the temple area, but worshipped God with fasting and prayer, night and day. She approached at that very moment and began to praise God and to speak about Jesus to everyone who was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Back in November of 2019, uh, my family, we planned to take a trip to Iceland. And we went to Iceland for the purpose of seeing the Northern Lights. 
you have to go in the winter time when it's dark for a lot of the day, um, and especially dark at night, so that you can get a chance to see the northern lights. But the thing about the northern lights is that they are a meteorological um, phenomenon. You can't really predict when they're going to happen. The atmospheric conditions have to be just right. And in Iceland, the atmospheric conditions are often right for the northern lights to appear. But you also need it to not be cloudy. And I don't know about you, but I cannot control the clouds. So we went to Iceland because my father wanted to see the northern lights. And we were like, okay, we're going to be there for a week. And let's hope that one of those nights, both the atmospheric conditions will be right and it will not be cloudy. And we can see the northern lights. So we're there the first night. No northern lights. We're there the second night. Maybe a little bit. And it's okay, because we're there for several nights. We're there for, you know, going to be there for a week. It's going to be okay. You know, we're trying to, like, keep our expectations in check, uh, but also having this anticipation of something we wanted to see. And so sure enough, the third night, uh, it was not cloudy, and the conditions were right. And so we were coming back to the cabin we were staying at, and it was, the sky just lit up, and we were able to see. And I kind of thought it was going to be one of those things that maybe you could miss it. But it's not. It really lights up the whole sky. And uh, it's really hard to miss it in person. And so we were able to see it. And it was like, okay, the rest of the trip, whatever happens, like, mission accomplished. We saw what we came here for. It was beautiful. And we were able to enjoy it and then go home. How many of you have ever been on a trip? And maybe you're in the driving, driver's seat, and you're driving, and maybe you're in the mountains, and people are ooing and aahing at the leaves. And you're like, that's great, I gotta focus on the road, right? Or times that you've been driving in a car, and you're the driver, and somebody's like, oh, did you see that deer? And it's like, well, where? Well, it's gone. By the time you turn, it's gone, you miss it. Or maybe even if you're not driving, but you just happen to be on the other side of the vehicle, right? You can't quite see what other people on the, maybe the passenger side of the vehicle could see. It's easy to miss it. English poet Elizabeth Barrett Browning wrote these words, Earth's crammed with heaven, and every common bush afire with God. But only he who takes off his shoes. But only, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit round and pluck blackberries. Her words remind us that God's presence is all throughout the earth. And yet so often we miss it. We don't see the holy. We are busy with our own agendas. We expect the holy to look a certain way. And we miss it when it doesn't meet our expectations. We expect to find God in church or in other sacred spaces. That we often forget to look for God in the ordinary. Our scripture reading for today tells us of two people, a man and a woman, Simeon and Anna, 
and how they recognized that the infant Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah. Simeon is a holy man who spent a lot of time in the temple. He anticipated God to be at work, for God to restore Israel and to remove foreign oppressors. Our scripture reading for today told us that the Holy Spirit rested upon Simeon. This is even before the Holy Spirit comes to rest upon the people at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon that he would see the Messiah, and he would not die before seeing the Messiah. And so you can imagine Simeon is all the time anticipating waiting, wanting to see the Messiah. Perhaps every time he goes to the temple, he might wonder, is this the day? Is today the day? And then when he goes home, not having seen the Messiah, maybe he goes home with some disappointment or relief. The Holy Spirit nudges Simeon to go to the temple. He followed through on that nudge. He could have ignored it, but he went where the Holy Spirit led. Now, the temple area is quite large. There's multiple entrances and courtyards. Lots of people are coming in and out of the temple throughout the day. And it would be easy to miss someone in the crowd. Eight days after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph had Jesus circumcised and officially named him in accordance with Jewish law. However, Mary would have still been unclean after giving birth, and she would have been in need of blood purification. Since she had given birth to a boy, Mary would have needed to wait 33 more days before she could go to the temple and offer a purification offering, along with an entirely burned offering. So when Mary and Joseph bring Jesus back to the temple, it's to make these offerings in accordance with the Jewish law. Luke's gospel tells us that they offer a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. This is the offering that people made when they couldn't afford a lamb. And so we catch a glimpse of the life that Mary and Joseph were leading. If you were here at Christmas Eve, Pastor Vance talked about how Mary and Joseph came to, uh, came, uh, to Bethlehem to pay a tax, right? Caesar had authorized a census, and the census was to receive, to count the people, but also to receive money, tax from the people. And so Mary and Joseph would have gone to Bethlehem to pay a tax that probably they couldn't afford. And then 33 days later, then they have to make this offering And they can't afford a lamb. And so they offer two turtle doves or pigeons. In the hustle and bustle of the temple, Simeon sees Mary, Joseph, and the one-month-old baby Jesus. And the Spirit leads Simeon to this holy family. Simeon sees this infant and says, Aha! There's the Messiah. 
the one I've been waiting for, the one I've been anticipating and longing for. We don't know that uh, that Simeon expected the Messiah to be a baby. Oftentimes when we see babies, we're like, oh, that's a cute baby, even if it's not a cute baby, right? Oh, that's so cute. How precious. The baby has hair or it's bald. You know, we make comments about that, right? We don't often see a baby and go, you know what? I think that baby's going to grow up to be a lawyer. Oh, I think that baby's going to grow up to be president. Or that baby's going to grow up to be fill in the blank. We see babies and we go, oh, that's cute. How precious. How sweet. So regardless of whatever expectations Simeon had about who the Messiah would be, what the Messiah would look like, whether or not the Messiah would have an entourage, Simeon is able to see that in this infant, there is something special. God is at work. Simeon is able to see the Messiah right in front of him. Simeon praises God and offers a praise that we call the Song of Simeon. And if you were here in worship for Christmas Eve, at the end of the service, Pastor Vance and Jason did a chant. What they chanted was the Song of Simeon. But I'm going to say these words again. I'm not chanting for them, for you today. You can be thankful for that. Now, Master, let your servant go in peace according to your word. Because my eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared the salvation in the presence of all peoples. It's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for your people, Israel. Simeon praises God for allowing him to see the Messiah, the one who will be a savior for all people, the one who will be a light to the Gentiles and a glory to the Israelites. Simeon is now at peace because God has fulfilled God's promise to him. Simeon blesses Mary and Joseph. Simeon also warns Mary that this infant Jesus will generate opposition. Not everyone will see Jesus as the Messiah. Not everyone will appreciate the truth he will reveal. And this opposition against her son will break her heart. That's just what every new mom wants to hear. Your baby's going to grow up and is going to uh, make people mad and uh, some people are not going to like your baby and it's going to break your heart. You're like, thank you. Thank you for that. Simeon returns Jesus to his parents and then he departs. We don't hear any more about Simeon in the Bible. He has this brief encounter with the Messiah and that seems to be enough. But wait, there's more. In the temple at the same time was a prophet by the name of Anna. She was an old widow who lived in the temple area and devoted her life to prayer and fasting. She approaches the Holy Family as well 
and she recognizes the infant Jesus as the Messiah. We don't know what she thought the Messiah would look like. We don't know what she thought the Messiah would say or do. Regardless of the expectations she had, Anna was able to set these aside and see the holy, see the Messiah right in front of her. Anna begins to praise God and then tells everyone that she meets that she has seen the Messiah. And that's it. This brief encounter seemed to be enough for her. That was enough for her to begin telling everyone what she had seen and what she had experienced. Simeon and Anna saw the Holy Messiah in an infant. In the words of Elizabeth Barrett Browning, they took off their shoes while the rest in the temple area went about their business. Simeon and Anna demonstrate for us the possibility and wonder of seeing God when God shows up in our midst, in the ordinary and in the everyday. Simeon and Anna expected and anticipated God to be at work in the world. And they lived their lives with this anticipation, with this sense of reverence. Dr. Paul Woodruff defines reverence as the recognition of something greater than the self, something that is beyond human creation or control, that transcends full human understanding. While Simeon and Anna lived with expectations of what God would do, they were able to set their expectations aside when God showed up. They were able to see God in the form of a vulnerable human baby. And while Simeon and Anna were already devout people at the time that they saw Jesus, we can imagine that this encounter reignited their faith. They lived the rest of their lives praising God and telling people that they had seen the Messiah with their own eyes, that they had experienced the Messiah, that the Messiah was among them, that the Messiah had showed up. Friends, God is still at work today in 2023, and God will still be at work in 2024. God is still at work in spite of our expectations of what we think God will do and say and where God will show up. And so as we prepare to end one year and move into a new year, will we have eyes to see? Will we be like Simeon and Anna? God invites us to live with reverence with the recognition that there is much beyond our human creation or control or understanding. God invites us to see the holy and the unexpected and in the ordinary. MacTilde of Magdeburg said, The day of my spiritual awakening was the day I saw and knew I saw all things in God and God in all things. What if in 2024, 
You are intentional to look for God in all things. How would this spiritual practice help you to live with reverence? How would this practice inform how you treat other people? If you were intentional to maybe look for God in the people around you. Episcopal priest Barbara Brown Taylor cultivates reverence by slowing down and paying attention. She says the practice of paying attention really does take time. Most of us move so quickly that our surroundings become no more than the blurred scenery we fly past on our way to somewhere else. We pay attention to the speedometer, the wristwatch, the cell phone, the list of things to do all of which feed our illusion that life is manageable. Reverence requires a certain pace. It requires a willingness to take detours, even side trips, which are not part of the original plan. What if in 2024 you slowed down? Not too slow. I'm not, I'm not crazy. Not too slow. But what if you slowed down just enough to be able to see God in the sunset, in the eyes of the checkout clerk, in your spouse or your child? Alice Walker's novel, The Color Purple, refers to reverence as seeing the color purple in a field. And noticing it. One of the characters, Suge Avery, says, People think pleasing God is all God cares about. But any fool living in the world can see it always trying to please us back. God is always showing up in the world. And I think God does that to delight us. To heal us. To love us. And sometimes this is something just as small as a purple flower in a field. God continues to show up in the world because God loves us. God wants to be with us, to know us, and to love us. And God wants us to know God and to love God and to be with God. Julian of Norwich said, What do you wish to know your Lord's meaning in this thing? Know it well. Love was his meaning. Who reveals it to you? Love. What did he reveal to you? Love. Why does he reveal it to you? For love. Remain in this, and you will know more of the same. That you will never know different without him. In the words of the hymn, love came down at Christmas. Love is the reason why we celebrate Christmas. Love is why God came to be with us in the person of Jesus Christ. Love is why God continues to show up and to speak to us and to guide us through the Holy Spirit. Love is why God can be found in all things. So what if this year... What if 2024 was the year you looked for God in all things, 
And when you saw God, you remembered God's love. God's love for you. God's love for all people. And God's love for all creation. How could reminders of this love heal you and change you? How could this love inform how you speak and act and live in the world? May we be like Simeon and Anna. May we have eyes to see, ears to hear, minds to understand, and hearts to love. Let us pray. Oh God, help us to not miss you. Help us not be so busy or so distracted or so consumed that we miss seeing you and experiencing you right in front of us. May we be like Simeon and Anna, who were attuned to your spirit, ready and willing to see you. Like Simeon and Anna, may our lips proclaim your goodness and grace. It's in the name of Jesus the Messiah we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.